little things like that uh, gets us out of this technical mode, gets us up on that uh, maturity level where we learn to empower people, learn how to to let people uh, make mistakes. We learn from that. We grow from that. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams. And I'm really excited about today because we're really going to be talking about the four ways that you can be better at working on your business. Instead of getting caught into the day-to-day, instead of having to be frustrated, always being wearing all of the hats, always feeling like you're not getting enough done in the day, uh, even sometimes wishing that you didn't have those kids sometimes because you're like, man, if, if I just could work 24 hours a day and I didn't have to sleep, then I could be successful. But with Terry Ogburn, who's on the show today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the four ways, the four things that you need to be focusing on that are going to help you to get out of the day-to-day and to be able to actually grow your business. Because when you're inside too much, it's, it's just not going to work. And that's just the, the, the truth of it. Now, Terry's been around for a long time. In, in fact, if you look way back into 1979, he invested his last $118.42 into uh, a business, his, his new air conditioning business, right? And by the time it was 1983, just a few years later, he was a top five nominee for small businessman of the year. So he knows what he's talking about. He has a little bit of experience doing this. And I'm really excited to have him on the show because I think it's going to help you so that you're not stressed, so that you're not resenting some of the, the things that you have or what you've been doing so that now you can actually start growing this business and getting to the next level. So without further ado, I'm going to just invite... Terry Ogburn onto the show. Terry, how are you today, sir? I'm great, Adam, and thank you so much for having me on the show, and what a great uh, segue into our talk today. That's, that was very good. Thank you very much for the introduction. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, and it's, it's really good to have you. Is there anything in your, uh, in, in your history, in your bio, that, that, that I missed that you think that we ought to mention before we get into the four things of getting your mind straight? Well, um, some of the things that I was able to do, I, I cultivated this concept within the air conditioning business, and then I took it on the road, and then I was able to help companies like Uniglobe Travel back in the travel industry days. Uh, took a, was a, was a wooed to Miami to start a company using the same system, to, and we end up taking it public in two and a half years. Also, it's been... Uh, uh, in Radio Shack. I've helped do some turnaround stores for Radio Shack. Century 21 Real Estate. I did some turnaround stores for, for their, that franchise. So it works in uh, small areas. It works in big areas. It, this, this system is, is it, it works. That's all I can tell you. It's just very, and it's common sense and it's simple. I think that's going to be an important part of today's discussion because just being able to know that this is going to work for small businesses, for medium-sized businesses, for franchises, for large businesses, these are the type these are the four real keys to making it work regardless of the business. So really anybody who's listening is going to get value today. So let's move right in and thank you for sharing those details. That's incredible. Radio Shack, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh just a, just what a good pedigree uh, to to start from and for the 
listener to understand that that this information, these four things are are backed by not just one air conditioning company back in, you know, 1979 to the 80s, but also backed by these top franchises that you've worked with in the past and helped them to to grow their stores. So I really want to dive into how it's going to be for us if 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 our goal is to stop just being in the grind and just being stressed out and wearing all the hats. If our goal is to be able to eventually sell a business or be able to take vacations, what is it that we have to do, Mr. Terry Ogburn? Well, it's a good segue into the subject matter. Um, there's a great book out there called The E-Myth, and most of you you probably heard of it, and there's, but it's a great book, and it gives you an opportunity to look at your business from the top down. Um, so we do have to wear a lot of hats, you know, in my business, you know, I may wear 10 or 12, Adam, you probably wear as many. You got to be a bookkeeper. You got to be a accounts receivable payables. All this stuff has to get done. So the first thing you would do looking down on it would be, you would create job descriptions for every position that we would be needed. Wouldn't you? I mean, that would be, uh, that would make good sense, right? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the way we, you know, start the organization. We, we, when you start a business, just like I made the mistake, when I started the business, I was a technician. I knew how to work on air conditioners. Okay. So um, I evolved to managing it. I got to write stuff. I got the equipment. I got the trucks. I got the tools. And then I settled into the technical day-to-day stuff, which is most of what your listeners are doing. They're settling into doing the, the day-to-day operations. And we get so involved in the, in the workings of the business, we then become micromanagers. We start, we need to have, hire people in, but we, we, we stifle their creativity. Oh, no, you, you just take it this far. Don't take it all the way. You know, you'll mess it up. Don't do that. So then you stifle the cre- creativity in your other employees. Now they don't want to do anything. They get fear. And so... Every one of your listeners out there, I won't say everyone, but I would say a majority of those listeners are running into a glass ceiling where they want their dreams, they want their stuff, and they some just keep pushing them down. You may have experienced this. I know I experienced it. And we need to learn how to break through that that bridge. So that's why on my well, you go to my website, you'll see bridges the gap between dreams and reality because I find out what your dream is and I fix this from the reality standpoint. There's other things that go into working on your business besides just uh, job descriptions. You got to set aside your ego. You, we, just because you've been doing it that way for 25 years doesn't mean that it, it, we don't need to change. Like right now, we, we need to, to make some changes. Um, when I was in the air conditioning business, just to give you a little quick story for your listeners. When you talk to an air conditioning technician, the rule of thumb was that the customer wanted the job fixed right then. So you call me out and Adam, you call me out there and I get it there and, and I'm working at it. Okay. You've got a bad family or it's going to take you uh, two and a half hours to uh, me to fix it. And you, you go, wow. And I, so I started getting my technicians to ask, when would you like it done? And do you know what the number one answer was? What? Can you come back when? See, we were an interruption to their day. We were an interruption to their being home or whatever they had to do. They had a meeting to get to. They had to do something. So that status quo of the industry says, well, you got to fix it now. you got to do it right then, right then. But that's not what the customer wanted. The customer wanted you to do it when it was convenient to them. So 
they, they, they were not speaking kindly of you after you held them up for two and a half hours to, to get to that meeting. If he'd have been a little faster, and, and I shared this with somebody the other day that, you know, I'm on a job and the guy's watching over my shoulder. I've got to go to the truck six times. If he wasn't watching over my shoulder, I could go once and get everything in one. But, I, you know, you're under pressure to, to work faster. So we have to look at other ways like data-driven stuff. Like I'm working with an air conditioning company right now and we, we have a great opportunity to look at our past data to see what we can, how we can grow our business in the future. So create performance. This is something that's not taught in this day and age as a performer, which is an exercise about forecasting how many downloads you're going to have or how many business, you know, money's coming in the door so you can plan a budget better. Then you hit your targets, learning how to write, um, your goals out is a very important thing. Uh, it's not just about uh, uh, writing out a to-do list. It's you got to have action step that why is this completing this objective important to you? And then what is the outcome? What would it look like when it's completed? Go ahead and visualize the, the completion of it so you know when it's completed. You know, little things like that uh, gets us out of this Technical mode gets us up on that uh, maturity level where we learn to empower people, learn how to to let people uh, make mistakes. We learn from that. We grow from that. Let them get outside their comfort zone and and try new things. Anyway, a long rant there, Adam, but uh, these are just things that I'm passionate about is, is helping people understand that you don't have to go to work every day and work 12 to 14 hours a day. I'm a living, breathing person that did that. I worked 12, 14 hours a day, and it was just exhausting, you know, seven days a week. And, you know, luckily for me, I had some good mentors that came into my life, and I suggest that. Get people that, you know, that are going to help you grow, you, you get to your dreams, whoever that may be. So take yourself away from people who are not um, supportive of your dreams and what you want to do. You know, eliminate the negative in your life. Put surround yourself with good positive influences. A lot of lot of good information uh, through the rants. Uh, a lot of good information as far as just making sure that you are uh, understanding what are the roles that I'm going to need to have in my company. And you just kind of analyze, you know, all these different job uh, descriptions, uh, maybe segregate them and, and try to understand what you're going to do and, and, and how it is going to be, uh, I guess, delegated in, in the future. And then I really liked the steps that you mentioned where, you know, at first you're kind of the technician, you're wearing all these hats, and then you might uh, go to the next step where you're kind of a manager of it and um, and you have some people maybe working with you. And you, and I really thought that was interesting when you were talking about, um, and I was hoping to even get more information uh, on this because it, it was really interesting for me to hear you say that uh, when we become managers, a, a lot of times we become kind of like micromanagers and we um, – we kind of get in and, and we're like, no, don't, like you said, don't take it this far. Uh, only go to, uh, don't, don't go that far. Only take it to here. Cause we don't want, you know, somebody else to mess up. We kind of want it to be the way that, that we want it done. Right. And I feel like that's something that could obviously hinder the business if we're micromanaging too much, because it's like, if we're going to spend that much time, uh, you know, controlling how everything's done precisely on our own time, 
um, it can stress us out still. And it's like why we may as well be doing it ourselves if we're going to put that much time and attention into what somebody else is doing. And you started to say that if we were going to go to, you know, to the next level, um, we're going to have to find a way to set our ego aside. And exactly. so, so I want to kind of, I want to dive in there and cause this is like really the first beginning of understanding, like, how is it that we're going to go from where we are now to, you know, a full-fledged business where we're, we're working on the business and not okay. necessarily in it. One of the things that I can suggest that will take you there is manage, learn to manage by objectives. Okay. okay? Learning. Uh, so you, you're working with an, uh, you know, a team member or employee, however you staff member. Okay. And you set the objective for them. So you say, okay, when is this report? When can I have this report? So we'll role play. So Adam, when can I have this report? So uh, can I get it to you tomorrow? Um, well, why don't you make it Friday? You know, I know things may come up. So why don't, I, why don't we do uh, make it close to play Friday? And then I'll check with you tomorrow about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and see your progress on it. Sounds great. Okay. So what I've done there is I've given him plenty of time to, uh, obviously given you plenty of time to get your project done. You're yeah. not under any pressure. And then I'm just going to check in with you uh, halfway through the, the project to make sure you're on target. If you need any help, I'm there to give you some guidance or whatever at that point. But then you can just check in and then move on. If it needs to have three checkpoints, you just set up three checkpoints along the way. But try not to stifle the person's creativity. Mm. You make, yeah. They may come back with an idea that's far better than yours. <laughs> yeah, okay. So when you say manage by objectives, is, does that mean that rather than managing the process, we're managing the end result? And maybe I'm just guessing here uh, that we're sharing with our, the people that were working for us, these technicians, uh, to get empower them with the process so long as we get our end result out something like that or no exactly you you you, you paraphrase it very well because it, it's all about the the result you know there's several ways to get to from point a to point b you know mm. so some people may go over the top some may go around the left side it doesn't matter how you get there it's just all you care about is getting there just because they didn't follow your trail doesn't mean that their trail didn't get them there just as fast or maybe even faster than your, um, your, you know, your trail did. Um, the, when you empower people, uh, it, it gives them this, this sense of freedom that their, that their creative minds get to work. And when that happens, we, everything around us started with somebody's creativity, right? So you and I would not be on this podcast, you know, you know, 10 years ago, it probably was, we'd be on a radio show or, or internet radio rather than being on podcasts. I'm part of the podcast movement. I'm part of PodFest. Um, one of the creators and one of the founders of PodFest. And we're, you know, we know that we're only six years old. We're only scratching the surface of what can be done in this, in this arena, this environment. So, um, uh, and uh, again, when you're looking at your ego, my, ego, uh, my organizational chart, for an example, when I t- work with people, I teach them to put their uh, customers at the top of their organizational chart. They are the boss. 
You know, you're at the president, you're at the bottom of the thing. Empower the people above you to handle, uh, like Radio Shack. They had a problem where um, managers could not approve uh, any returns without their strict guidelines, whether they had a receipt or whatever. So our customers don't always have the receipt. So sometimes a toy comes back, it's broken, something's broken, and you just need to replace it because there's no other way. And I, uh, I had a little guy, a little five-year-old guy, bringing one of his little remote toys, and it was it basically gone off into the pool. The lady was trying to get a, a uh, telling me it wasn't working. Well, I knew it had come unveiled what really happened. So if I had gone to the district manager, now I'm the manager. Now my salary's in play. The district manager's salary's in play, all to solve an $8 toy. I got $8 invested in this toy. I'm going to tie up hundreds of dollars to get a decision made to go give this little guy a toy that costs my bottom line $8. How many times would you do that? You would stand there and do it all day long because your reputation is worth $8. But how many companies tie up their big brass people in making silly decisions that could you can empower somebody to do? So now the managers at this point had a $50 discretion. So if the item costs the bottom line up to $50 in cost, they can make the decision on the spot and alleviate the problem. We saved tons of money just on the hourly work that kept our regional managers from uh, being involved in. Yeah, I definitely g- gave me an aha moment for sure. I, I've thought that way before. I've thought uh, several times. Uh, so I have somebody who works for me and their hourly rate is 50 bucks an hour. And um, so it's like after sometimes this person that works for me um, might actually spend two hours to save me $25. And I finally had to take a a step and just say, look, uh, I would have paid that $25 because I paid 75 extra dollars to have you work on this for two, uh, to, for two hours, to save me $25. Do, do you, do you understand? Like, and that's the same thing. I think what you're thinking about with like your, your general manager and your regional managers, they might be making 20, 30, 40, 50 an hour. And if there's two of them, uh, working on this, getting tied up, working on this $8 an hour thing, it's like, Seriously, just give the $8 thing. Like I give you the power to just make the decision because when you're tying me up, you're tying me up from other things that I'm doing for the company that ultimately are going to make the company a lot. Even that's just a very, very interesting way of thinking. Um, I want you to go into, if you don't mind, the org chart a little bit further. Um I want to understand what you were saying, like who is on the top of the org okay. chart and who is on the bottom uh, really fast, because um, I think it was counterintuitive to what I would have expected you to say. So sure. could you just go through it one more time? Sure. Um, I'd like to break my organizational, chop into th- uh, organizational chart into three la- layers. So you have the frontline people. These are the people that interact with your customer, whether customer service, administrative assistance, salespeople, accounts payable, receivable, these people interact with the customers on a daily basis or timely basis. Okay. So these people should be working in the business, right? So they frontline people, they're in it. Now the second layer is our managers. These are the people that should be working on the business. So that means that they're 
doing the reports, they're following the systems, they're following, they're creating systems, they're making it so the frontline people are, have their jobs are easier. They're able to solve problems. And if a problem gets to the second level, now you're really costing the money like we were talking about. Okay. And if it gets to the third level, that's where the big money starts being spent. The third level, your C level operators, uh, chief marketing officers, IT, all these big guys, they're supposed to be working on the vision of the company. They're not supposed to be working on the day-to-day stuff or creating the processes. They're supposed to be, not me, I walk into my assistant, I say, Millie, I need, I need you. I think you've interacted with Millie. Millie, I just need this done. I don't, you know, that's what I need. I want her to, to do it. I'm the, you know, it's, it's that from that. Our, our visionary people, we're, we're only supposed to be working on the vision of the company and if the uh, if problem. And the problem is if it's with our vision, then that's when we go to work. But if, it, if our vision is on trail, like with my, um, I work for Marine Max. They're one of my clients, largest boat company in the, in the United States. You can imagine what they're going through right now with the stock market. I mean, tanking, well, their boat, the people who are uh, 401ks, these are people that are buying these big boats. So that side of the boating market is just gone. Just the tsunami, just gone just wiped it totally out. But now they're tracking, they have budgets, they have things they have prepared for this year, not expecting this. So now it's all hands on deck to re-engineer the corporation to go after the boats that are selling. So you can't, that's another thing, your ego's got to step aside and go, okay, what is, where do I point my marketing now? Um, now this is another tip that I can give you in marketing, which is you know helpful again with, with most people, um, don't understand the difference between mass marketing and direct marketing. Mass marketing is they spend a lot of money spending, sending uh, mass messages out there, internet, all these different things. Um, mass marketing, you have to see the, the, the piece 27 times before you really realize that it's true. Direct marketing, we can get that same message across in, in nine touches or less. I can give your audience a direct mail concept. Direct mail is up 11%. I can give every one of your listening listeners right now uh, a, a direct mail concept that would be 85% uh, open rate. Would you like to hear that? Yes. I was muted and I was like, oh, how do I tell? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to ask me a question, but yes, let's hear it. Um, so you go to the staples, you create your, uh, like a newsletter in real estate newsletter is a good thing, right? So you put your newsletter, get a little nine inch tube. You can get them in different colors. If you want, get a little, roll it up, stick it in the tube, put a package of Tic Tacs, go to Costco or something, buy them in bulk, put a little package of Tic Tacs in, seal it all up, mail them that tube. It costs you two, two dollars and 50 cents to get the tube to the location, but most likely, 90% of the time, they're going to open it because it rattles. Now, I can't promise you they're going to act on the flyer, but I can promise you they will open it. So we have to be a little more creative in today's society to get people to um, respond to our, to, our, uh, you know, to our mailings and to our stuff. Um, but again, um, it's, it's learning these little things about the, uh, what gets people behavior. You know, that's what eight, 90% of the time you start your buying process online. So why not? The people are not opening emails. So go back to direct mail, find out what they are doing and find little ways to make yourself a little bit, a little bit different than the, 
I'd I like to say be outstanding, not, uh, not stand out. Awesome. Terry, I love where we're going with this. I really appreciate it. And I promised the listeners we were going to go through those four things. And we're going to do that, but right after these messages. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses? A way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle. And best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full time. It's called fix and list deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the fix and list strategy over the last four years, and he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the fix and list strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. And we're back with Mr. Terry Ogburn. And as promised, we're going to be going into the four things that every business can do. And with that said, Terry, take it away, my friend. Okay, well, good. And um, the, the first thing is that we have to be committed. Whatever we decide to do, you know, the old army story, the old, uh, you know, when they sailed across and they hit the ground and they said, what are we going to do with the boats? And the guy says, burn them. He said, well, how are we getting home? We're going to use their boats. Well, use that concept. It's an army of 300. Commit all in. You're going to be the best at whatever it's going to be. It's no longer good to be good. Good is now your evil. So commit to be excellent at whatever you're going to do. Number two, the decisions. Number two is decisions. Make sure that your decisions are taking you towards your commitment. If you're committed to um, be better at your time management, get up a half hour early. Make decisions that lead you to a better um, uh, time management person. Number three, put um, disciplines in your life that make your decisions come true. So that, again, means if you have to stay up a little later to get a project uh, read or you get a book read or get some, some knowledge, get some uh, uh, educational done, then you have to put those disciplines in your, in your path to make that happen. Then the final one is your visualizer. You have to see yourself already in attainment of your desire. You, you have to, you, everything it started within your mind first, it was creative, and then it was put on a piece of paper. So whatever you're thinking, put it on a piece of paper, get vision boards, get things that, that will keep you in tuned with what you, what you want. I have pictures in my office, um, eagles and lighthouses and different things that remind me about principles and structure and things that I don't have to read. I can just use, look at artifacts to remind me of these things. And I could go on and on for hours about visualization and vision boards, but they, you know, they work and, you know, whatever you want to do um, will come true if you visualize it first. Okay. So with um, the first one, I think, let me, let me see if I can read this back to you. Um, Does it go commitment, decision, discipline, visualization? Correct. Okay. So, Number one is, is the commitment. You talked about the commitment that we need to have as if we were literally burning the ships, like burn the boats. Um, the only way back home is with their boats. We have to 
conquer this. So it's the it's that massive commitment. Like basically, there's no Plan B anymore. It's just Plan A. We're so committed that we're just going to make this happen, and then we and then we make the decision to do it, and then we need to have the disciplines it, that that we're going to do what's necessary as as we go. That we're going to have. Um, well, actually, do this for me. Dive in m- more deeply within the disciplines. Okay. Um, and so just give the listener uh, some tactful ad- advice on how they can be, after they've committed and made that made the decisions, um, the disciplines that they will need to be able to achieve their goal. This is a, this is a good, good point here. We all love to pre- procrastinate. Would you agree with me? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so here are four things to do to offset the, the procrastination, which in turn puts the discipline in our life. The first thing is you have to have a desire. You have to have a, 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 a desire backed by a definite purpose. Once you have that, then you, that's your commitment. That's what you're committing to. Okay. Now the second thing is you need to have an action plan on how to get there. That's the decisions that you make. Okay. Then you eliminate the negative people. So that's a discipline you put in place that you're not going to, certain people in your life, you should just like from afar. It's okay. Um, You know, if they're not going to be supportive, then maybe they should be a little distance from you at this time. And then the fourth thing is surround yourself with people who believe in your dreams and your ideas and they're going to be supportive to you. So that's your mentors, your, your, um, your um, coaches or your trainers or people that you're, you know, weight trainers or whatever you're into, you know, you know, make them the people that you hang around with the most. Got it. Loved it. And so that, those are your disciplines is having the action plans and uh, distancing yourself from negative people and being intentional about being around positive, influential uh, people that are going to help support you to go to the next level. Exactly. And then, you know, other disciplines spin off from that by, you know, working out. You, there's six dimensions of life, you know. We need to focus on spiritual, uh, physical, mental, uh, financial, social, and, and emotional. You know, there's a new books now, new studies out that we need to be far more uh, emotionally intelligent than we ever had to before. Um, so EQ becomes a, a more of a factor in our world than IQ. How do we emotionally respond to things, you know? Uh, so all of these things fit into this category of, of discipline and decisions and, and commitments because we have to approach this as a whole different world nowadays. Love it. And we were talking a little bit about uh, the fourth thing was uh, around vis- visualization. And I think um, it, that's something that we can really get into. Uh, for me personally, I feel like I'm like, such a visionary that that it's it's always just naturally in my brain to be visualizing and seeing the bigger picture and seeing where we can go and then i know there's a lot of people that um that they need more of like a vision board or whatever in order to get there and 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 i'm really asking you this question because i could be wrong i could be completely wrong but i feel like um, Adam Adams always has 
a clear crystal vision without having a vision board or, or eagles or whatever. And so I want to just kind of find out within your experience if, if, if I'm completely off base, if, if I still need to have a vision board. And with that said, um, maybe um, what can having these artifacts or a vision board do for the, the more common listener, because most people I think really definitely need it. And what could they do for me to take even me to the next level? Okay. Um, again, um, 10% of the people are, um, would be considered visionaries. Okay. Only, uh, only 10%. That's the profile of a, um, you're using a disc method profile. I'm a big fan of profiling Colby or whatever you want to take, but the 10% are the pe- movers and shakers. Okay. And the, the, the rest of the people, um, need the vision boards. They, they need it. Um, uh, it, You've probably been when you were a kid did punch buggies or something, right? You'd look for little Volkswagens and you would you would punch the kids. Okay, so you trained your subconscious to look for those, and so you catch one out of the corner of your eye. Okay, so it's easy to train our our, our brain into visual because we think in pictures. So the more pictures we have in front of us, the more things we're apt to do. Like um, I, when I'm working with a client, I always want to make sure that I find out if they're right eye or left eye dominant. It's very important because if they put, uh, uh, if they're right eye dominant, they should put more things on the right side of their desk that remind them of the things that they want. Uh, or they, you know, like I have like a Nike golf ball that sits on my desk. Nobody knows why that Nike golf ball sits there except for me, but it's got a little swish on it. And you know what the swish means, doesn't, don't you? Just do it. So I don't have to have a sign there that says, just do it. I have a golf ball that says, whatever I'm doing. So it'll start to work on you subconsciously that when I'm just about ready to finish that coffee and I go, well, just do it, you know, just get rid of it. So these little artifacts that, that, that sit around in your, your world, my apartment is filled with pictures of the things that I want because it just keeps me in constant reminder of why I'm doing the things I'm doing and why I'm working. So train your brain, even you to, to the 10% of the people. We need those pictures as well. We may not have to have a vision board like a, like a high eye personality would. They like a board with all the stuff on it. Okay. I'm not that person. I'm more like you. I'm a visionary. I can get my job done, but I just like to have a few reminders that lay around. Like, uh, like if I can show, we're going to show on film. This is one of them that lays around right on my desk and he's showing a book called the power of positive thinking by the way for yeah, the, for, so this will be on youtube but also for for anybody who's just listening on the podcast power um, of positive and, thinking right so it just lays right there i see it it's constantly in my vision so of course uh, right now as we're going through things now is the time to be very positive about what we're doing and what, what the the country you know what we're going through so um these little things help us tremendously um, like if, um, and we don't, uh, you know, like if you put up, uh, like for an example, some people have put up their credit card bill. They don't want to be in debt. So stop saying, I don't want to be in debt. Say, I want to pay off my credit cards, change the verbiage that you're using because our brain doesn't process the word not people don't realize that the, that word is, doesn't get processed. If I said to you right now, Adam, don't think of your blue shirt. I know you just thought of your blue shirt. So our, so we have to be careful of using words that help us remind us. So um, 
instead of saying, don't forget, restructure words to say, remember. So this puts a positive thing into our subconscious. We are, are, we are wired to be, our default is to be negative. So the more th- visuals that we put in place that are in positive, it helps us keep our mind in a positive mindset. I really like that. Really like the conversation. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up the conversation and I'm going to, I'm going to start by just bringing up something around, you know, you've mentioned, uh, the what were what were the two personality disc profile and what was the other one that you mentioned Colby, Colby. Mm-hmm. and um, so with with me and and something that I I do with actually with my 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 sweetheart and I take the predictive index and um, and that we've actually gotten counseled together on um, we put we basically put our PIs together and just to see how we communicate to. Uh, make what we have go even that much more. And I, I think it's really interesting, like within any of these profiles, if you start to understand, understand them, it helps you start to understand yourself and others. So not only that, but I also have, you know, passive investors that were, that they actually invest in our multifamily deals. And so some of the, so I'm a high, I'm really super high on the B and then pretty close on the a um and then my my c is really um i'm i'm always driving forward and my d um which is like the attention to detail like i feel like i have a lot of um attention to detail in many ways but on that profile it shows that i would rather uh, i'd rather delegate and i don't necessarily personally care how it's done i just care that it's done kind of what you were saying earlier i remember uh, toward the beginning of our conversation today, uh, you were saying that most of us, if we're going to, if we're going to be leading, uh, one of the better ways to be able to lead is not to have to micromanage other people. And so I just wanted to bring up, uh, bring out something that you've mentioned with the, with the, the disc profile, etc. Something that I, I took away from this conversation was just kind of thinking about Okay, well, I'm typically it's really easy for me to just delegate and say I don't I don't care how it's done, just get it done. It's really easy for me to say to to take away the ego and just say just, you know, here's the here's the end result that I want it to be and you go and and you do it. But I but as we look at those profiles, I think it would be very valuable for the listener to also take this profile and if if on on the PI, the one that I'm talking about now, if their if their D is really far to the right of the line, uh, and that means that they really want to control it, they want to do it, they want to they want to have absolute say on how it's done. It, it's going to be harder for you to give off something. And so, if you took the profile and really understood yourself, if you understood your employees, if you understood your spouse um, better by taking these. Kobe disc, uh, pro- predictive index, uh, culture index, whatever, it could probably help you understand um, how to do the things that we're talking about on today's podcast, which ones are going to be easy for you, which ones are going to be difficult for you. So I, I just, I, that kind of resonated, that really resonated okay. a lot with me. The second thing that, that you mentioned that I'm going to take away from today's podcast forever is when you were talking about the difference between mass marketing and direct marketing, and you mentioned that 
with mass marketing, uh, you need to be in front of that person in general around 27 different times for them to start uh, taking you seriously, looking at your message. There's a lot of noise out there. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. The mass marketing needs to be really out there 27 times. But if you were going to be more direct marketing, that it could be nine times or less is, is what you stated. And I, I thought that was really interesting. And it's, it's helping me in my business just from you stating that be more conscious about, well, um, what am I going, what are my expectations about mass marketing? What are my expectations about direct marketing? Uh, how do I craft the message? So I thought that was really, really interesting. The, also the four things that of getting your mind straight in any business, you know, making sure you have the commitment, the decision, the disciplines and the visualization. So I just, Terry, thank you for going into all of that. I got one thing to add on the profiling, tying it in with organizational uh, chart. When, when you have your people, um, if you're looking for a salesperson, then uh, I won't know the letters, but like in a disc profile, I would want a high I person. So when I'm, it, it, you can also now, big companies are taking these profiles and matching them with the person they're hiring for the position. If, you, if you're wanting to be a supportive person, if you're needing a customer service and a, and, a, and a high eye comes in, don't hire them because a support person needs to be loving and caring and, you know, that high eye is going to be, you know, going to be flinging their head. You know, if you want somebody to manage something, you want to put a high D in, in the place, a dominant person. Somebody's going to be a manager type. A high I would be a good salesperson. Uh, a high C person would be a person that you would put in thought of IT or technical stuff. So you can balance the job description with the profile that. And then also by knowing the, your employee's personality profile, you can also learn how to coach for them. Because if you're a D person and I'm an I person, you and I are not going to be happy together because I rub you the wrong way and you rub me the wrong way. Yeah. But you can't do that in busy. You've got to be able to change into their personality so you can get the coaching across to them. And certainly yeah. if you were a D and an amiable person, I mean, that's like oil and vinegar. I mean, <laughs> come on, yeah. I can't even stand to shake your hand, so to yeah. speak, you know? So you have to, as leaders, we have to change and adapt our personalities to theirs so we can get more production out of them. I love that. Yeah, we, we just had a um, mastermind retreat, a two-day retreat at a nice hotel. And just it was awesome, by the way. And one of the things that I did was I brought out the PI. And I'm not fully certified or anything like that. But what I did is I had everybody in the mastermind take it. And I shared the bits and pieces that I could with each of the members. And most of them said that that was one of their most uh, valuable parts of the two-day retreat is just the hour that I spent going through everybody. But real fast, um, one of my passive investors happened to be there. And um, he's called a scholar, and I'm called a maverick. And um, scholars have a very high D, uh, which is on this profile, it's ABCD. And that's how much they want to be, they want all the details, basically. And they want to be able to control it and they want to be really safe. And then, and then for me personally, I had a low one. And I thought it was interesting on, within this um, dynamic is this one investor, he's actually my favorite past investor that, and that's why I, I just, I invited him to come to this two day retreat. 
Um, but one of the things is I, he, he always asks a lot of questions. We have a great relationship, but I sometimes feel like, man, he's really tr- trying to dive into all this, all these details. And, um, you know, does, don't they trust me? Don't, you know, whatever. And then, and so I, I get stressed out trying to give the more detail because it's not my natural and he gets stressed out not having all the detail. And so I thought it was really eye opening. Like you said, when you're leading, when you're, when you're coaching, when you're mentoring other people, you need to be able to understand them. And now that I've taken this and he's taken this, I'm going to be more intentional because I understand that it would be really rough on him to, to have me just be, just try to say, just go with it for him. He wants the detail. And since he is one of my favorite past investors and because I work with a lot of other passive investors like him, it's going to be more important for me and my team to really focus on that part. So anyway, I just, I thought that that was um, notable enough to kind of bring it out. Uh, we, we, it is time to wrap up today's conversation. I want to just say thank you, Terry, for coming on. What is the best way for the listener who uh, has more questions about what it is you do, how you can help them? What is the best way for them to find you and get a hold of you? Okay, um, through my website, terryogburn.com or ogburnsbusinesssolutions.com. Either one of them, they have a contact bu- uh, button that they can, you, you have a problem, they want to spend some time. But I would like to offer your uh, listeners an, an opportunity to spend some time with me at no charge, free, just, uh, I'll give you my cell number if you'll put it in the, in the uh, show notes, 727-422-4771. Uh, we'll take a challenge they're having. Just reach out to me. We'll set up a, a, a time, an hour or so, whatever we can. We'll dive in like a mini mastermind. Just give me your, you know, I'll ask you a few questions. We'll dive into it. And I'll be glad to help them. Again, no charge, just, you know, just to help, especially right now. So we, we, small business needs to really, we need to come together as a team and, and really try to work and help, help people out. So um, I'd, I'd love to do that for your audience. Thank you, Terry. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. This is Jason J. Lou Lewis, co-host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I want to say it's an absolute honor to have you as a listener, and we thank you for tuning in today. We also want to thank our sponsor, FixAndListSecrets.com. They have that great free video lesson, and in that video lesson, you will learn to never struggle to find or fund your next fix and flip deal again. Learn how to flip houses without ever taking out a mortgage or a hard money loan. You can now flip houses full-time and not have the risk of losing money in a real estate market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and this is it. Visit FixAndListSecrets.com. See you on our next episode.